This is Angie Manos, and this is Rocker Recovery. This is Defeating Anxiety, Lesson 5. And the book is now published on Amazon, on amazonbooks.com. Uh, it's called Rocker Recovery. It's got the first 12 lessons for moderators to use with their small groups for recovery. So if we can get a handle on our anxiety, then we we're not going to be doing silly things to try to, to handle our anxiety. Instead, we're going to have the courage and the faith to step on top of that anxiety and keep moving. So today, I want you not to be a victim. But the only way you're not going to be a victim is if you recognize uh, things that have made you feel like you're a victim and feel like you're trapped and things that just always keep pressing in on you where you just always feel like you have a lack or you're, you're like this little kid with other people pushing you around. So there are different types of insecure attachment styles that we learn as children uh, they're all they're all the same they're all very insecure whether it's being a victim which I feel like is, is the bottom part with the most helpless childlike part or whether we're a pleaser trying to please people trying to get the people's approval or whether a vacillator which move in and out and saying oh I'm all in well, no, wait a minute. I don't. I, I thought I wanted that job, but I don't want that job. So it, it, you kind of move in and then you move out. And there's not a lot of steadfastness. There's not a lot of steadiness there. The other type of insecure attachments are called controllers, where they try to control their envir environment, and avoiders, where they just shut down and they just avoid and they stay on their phones or they, they play games all day, things like that, that keep them from really enjoying healthy relationships. So as we go through this, I want you to start learning what you do that looks like a victim, because that's the one we're going to talk about today. Because when we have that victim mentality, we're very helpless, and it's, it's very, it causes us a lot of suffering. So sometimes we have a problem, and, and the answer is right there in our hands. Every, everybody else seems to be recovering from this problem, or, or we've had people that we know that have recovered, but we can't seem to do it. We can't get it, we can't get it to work. And the way people say that it works, it doesn't work for us. And it doesn't work because our thinking is not working in the proper manner. So when I get through with the entire series of Rocker Recovery, you're going to have hopefully 180 lessons. Uh, most of them are all written. They just needed to be worked over so that you have thinking skills that are higher than you. Because we remember, we cannot follow our emotions. We follow our emotions. They're blind guides. They're going to lead us straight into a ditch. So we've got to get above our emotions and think with disciplined thinking. So sometimes, uh, let's think about like having a chronic illness. Sometimes we can have a chronic illness and we're just like, oh, woe is me. It's genetics. My, my grandpa had it. My dad had it. A whole family's got it. I, I'm, I'm this way. I'm going to die. It's, you know, it's, I can't do anything about it. But if you start studying that, there's so much really great information out there now that even if you don't ever get healed from it, even if you don't fully heal your body, you can improve your health in different ways, in minute ways, and, and, and in ways that maybe the generation previous to you could not do, because now there's so much new information coming out that we can empower ourselves to take, um, to take control over a little part of our life. And so uh, if we get stuck and we just think, well, this, I'm just going to lay here and just till I die. Well, that's a helpless trap. So if you're stuck in addiction and you're just kind of like emotionally, mentally curled in this little fetal position waiting to die, I have seen you in my prayers 
and I want you to know I am praying for you. I am coming right into that dark valley and I'm going to bring you out. And I'm going to bring you out with these emotional skills because I'm bringing a big angel with me. And, and we're going to pray for you and we're going to pray over you and we're going to give you hope. And this hope is going to bring healing within your grasp. So I want you to fight for answers for your healing. I don't want you to lay there in, in that dark valley and think this is a dark, lonely place and nobody's here with me. I want you to know that Miss Angie is coming after you. <laughs> I'm coming right down there in that dark place with you and I'm going to bring you out. And so I want you to settle yourself down. And I want you to start some deep breathing. When you feel that anxiety coming, instead of curling up in that little ball and, and checking out of life, I want you to settle yourself down. Start taking really nice, slow, deep breaths and think, what got me here? What triggered me here? What did I think before I felt this severe anxiety? And then I want you to start researching, where could I go? Who can help me? Where's the meetings? And sometimes we get so stuck in anxiety that we freeze. And we've talked about this before too, where we, we can't get up. We can't go to a meeting. We can't call anybody else. We can't reach out because of this anxiety paralyzing us. So we're going to get some movement here. We're going to start thinking differently. We're going to set our affections on things above and not on things in this world, not on the things in front of us, but on the things that we can't see, like hope, like courage, things that we can't see. And that's in Colossians 3, 2, if you want to know the address for that. So let's research our problems, whatever it is. Today, it's going to be a victim. And we're going to discover things that are going to work for us. Now, you may have tried 100 things. You may have tried 200 things or even 1,000 things that didn't work. Well, that's okay. Now you know 1,000 things that don't work. So Thomas Edison, when he was making the light bulb, he's, every, everybody mocked him. They made fun of him. They said, why do you keep trying? You are so, you know, this keeps failing over and over again. Don't you know you're a failure? This is never going to work. Well, you may have heard that before. But Thomas Edison said, no, now I know a thousand things that don't work. So now I'm even closer to an answer than I was before. So I want you to have that kind of persistence and diligent where you just get up and you just keep searching and you just keep moving forward. Uh, we're going to turn this helpless victim mentality into a life lesson of maturity. So these lessons are to teach us developmental emotional maturity. And that's kind of like a just learning how to master our emotions so that they don't control us. Just like a baby has physical developmental levels, they, they roll over, they set up, uh, they start to crawl, they, they start to stand, and then they start to take steps, and then they start to walk, and then they start to run, and then they skip. And by the time they can skip, they're about five years old, and they can read. As soon as they can skip, they can read. It's, it's very interesting how the brain connects that. So you have developmental, emotional matu maturity skills that you have to develop. And maybe no one taught you those things. So we're going to start learning those as we go along through these lessons. Now, a victim mentality causes us lots of suffering. And then it only leads to more helplessness and more suffering. So I want to go through the victim mentality uh, list here. But before I do, I want to tell you that when you're anxious, when you're feeling helpless and hopeless, that anxiety is just like, um, it's like a cloud or a curtain that's hiding a deeper unresolved emotion. And some of the unresolved emotions behind anxiety are grieving, guilt and shame, anger, helplessness, hopelessness, 
being irritated, frustrated, disappointed, or discouraged. So as we start recognizing our anxiety, then we can start moving the curtain back and we can start looking for what's underneath there that's keeping us stuck. So a victim mentality, you can hear it. I hear it all the time when I'm doing it. Uh, if I hear myself whining, I'm like, oh, wait, wait, what, what, what started that whine? <laughs> you know, when I'm whining and I'm complaining, um, I know that I'm starting to regress emotionally. And, and emotional regression always adds to, adds to our suffering. So when I've planned poorly, and frequently I get ready to take a trip and I don't plan well enough. And before I'm a couple of hours into it, I'm lost. I don't know where I'm going. I've forgotten things and I start to whine. <laughs> so I need to plan better. I need to make, I need to be a little more mature, take a little more time when I'm getting ready and not try to do 10 things at once. So there's always unpredictable circumstances. There's always like a flat tire. Well, I don't need to lose my sanity over something unpredictable that happened that day. Instead, I need to plan for unpredictable things and use the unpredictable things that are irritating me as an opportunity to learn how to be flexible, to learn how to bend like a palm tree and not be stuck like an oak tree. So when you hear in yourself blaming or making excuses or you're doing this all or nothing thinking and you just feel like giving up, well, you know you're in a victim state. You know you're uh, kind of losing your way and your emotions are kind of dominating. So fearful, anxious, stressed, constant worry, insomnia, fretting. Another one I do is fret. And it, man, fretting takes a lot of energy. And so as I start to, to recognize myself doing these things, I'm like, okay, this is not going to get me anywhere positive. It's not going to get me anywhere good. I can think about this stuff all day long. And at the end of the day, I've just spent, spun my wheels in the mud. I have not gotten anywhere. And so then I'm going to start doing other coping things like I'm going to overeat or I'm going to undereat uh, or I'm going to start doing things that are abusive uh, or I'm going to start doing things that aren't abusive but are distracting like uh, television or, or games or um, I'm just I'm just not, I'm not going to feel good. So I'm just going to stop taking care of myself. So, and then I might start telling myself, oh, you're never going to be any better. No one's ever going to help you. Nothing's ever going to help you get better. Uh, I'm never going to overcome this injury, this illness, this addiction, this uh, diagnosis. And I just feel like giving up. And then you're going to have feelings of depression and feelings of so maybe even suicide. But I want you to take these little guys, this fearful guy, this, uh, this out of control guy that maybe overeats or over drinks or this, this fellow that feels helpless or hopeless or depressed or suicidal. And I want you to look at them as just little guys, just little fellows. Now, when I was teaching Sunday school, I taught a Sunday school with a group of 20, 24 little kids. So I would walk into my four-year-old Sunday school class with 24 four-year-olds. And I think there was like 18 boys and six girls. So I had my hands full. So I had one little girl over here in the corner and she was taking her shoes off, throwing them at me and just screaming and having a total meltdown. I had 
another little girl that was hiding behind the kitchen and she was crying because she was afraid. And that was the way she was going to control her environment. And then I had a couple of kids that were just running and running and running and tripping over people and falling and skinning their knees. And, and, and they were dominating the classroom with their chaos and their playfulness. And then there was a little fellow over here that was hitting everybody in his path. So I had three or four different little parts in this classroom going on. So Miss Angie had to come in. I had to come in with a plan. I had to get there about 20 minutes early. I had to have stations set up. I had to have the puzzle station. Um, I had to have a little uh, uh, coloring station. I had a, a little craft, another different little craft station. I had a whole bunch of um, stencils where they could they could make little cards and they can they had a whole poster that they could work on. And then I had my felt pieces. Then I had this other little section that they, and so I had all these little sections. So I was able to direct them. The stronger teacher part of this classroom came in and said, okay, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. And so I would go over and I would comfort the little girl that was angry. And I would talk to her and I would let her help me get snacks. And then the one that was crying, I would pull her up on my lap and would you like to sit here for a while? And then I would introduce one of the other little girls with the baby doll and they would go and play. And then I would separate the boys over here and the girls over here. So that if boys went to the girls' side, the girls were in charge. If the girls went to the boys' side, the boys were in charge. That way there wasn't the boys coming over and wrecking the girls' dolls. And then all of them were crying. So there was a lot of structure that I set up in this, in this four-year-old classroom. And so when people would walk into this four-year-old classroom, they'd be going, how'd you do this? And I'm like, the big part of me, the strong part of me, the teacher part of me, I brought discipline, I brought structure. So as we work through some of your helpless things, what you're going to do is you're going to develop a teacher part of you, the strong man part of you, and you're going to set up boundaries in your life. When you see that you're afraid, that little part of you that's afraid, I want you to say, look, we're not, we're not home alone now. We're not without food. We're not uh, helpless. Look how big we are now. Nobody's going to hurt you because I'm here and I'm going to protect you. And the angry part of yourself, I want you to talk yourself through that anger. The wrath of man never brings about the righteousness of God. So let's, let's lay this anger down. Let's recognize, yes, we're angry, but we, we don't have to be a four-year-old. And we don't have to identify with that anger and express it like that. Instead, we can verbalize it. We can use our words. And so the little fellow that couldn't share, well, whatever he, you know, whatever he couldn't share belonged to me. I, I would say to him, I would say, now what's more important to these two little boys that were fighting over a plastic truck? I'd say, what's more important, your friend or the truck? And every week we did this, what's more important, your toy or, or your friend? And after about four months, they got it. They said, oh, here, you take it. And then the other one was like, no, you take it. So I want you to start being gracious with yourself and sharing this kindness and giving yourself what you need and whatever you need, giving it to others. And then this little playful part of you that's out of control, rein in that little boy, rein in that little girl, and start setting them down and say, okay, now we're going to get some discipline in our life. So let's go back up and look for the character skills here under some discipline thinking. Okay, so we're going to discipline our mind to change our thinking patterns. We're going to plan and prepare for change. We're going to be flexible when unexpected things happen. So when something unexpected happens today or tomorrow, I want you, to, particularly at work, when your boss says, oh, I don't need you Friday, I need you Saturday. Oh, I need you to stay a couple of hours. I want you to be flexible. I want you to practice the skill of flexibility. Okay, I can do that. Or, you know, I can't do that tomorrow. 
for three hours, but I could do it for two hours, or I could come in early, or I could trade with this one. But, you know, be sure to be flexible and start working through um, that unpredictable circumstances in your life. And then I want you to accept responsibilities for your actions and don't make excuses. Start recognizing when you make excuses and stop making excuses. So I want you to recognize when you get out of balance, when you've got that all or nothing thinking so that you can take the time to slow down and to balance yourself back out where your emotions aren't in control, but this disciplined, strong man, this teacher part of you is in control so that you're steadfast and you're diligent. Now we're going to be courageous. It takes a lot of courage to walk a walk a straight walk to walk a path of recovery. We're going to be confident and relaxed and trusting and resting. And we're going to have a lesson, a whole lesson on resting pretty soon. And then build some disciplines in your life. And as you, um, sometimes you don't feel like eating healthy and exercising, but if you just do it, if you just press through and do it, then you will feel better. And it does give you some, it, it takes energy, but it gives energy. It helps you uh, feel better about yourself. And then you can get an, I can do this attitude. I can, I can find a better counselor, a counselor that likes working with me, a counselor that understands my needs. I can find a support group and a sponsor and people that, that want to invest in me and want to love me and I can love them back and I can find uh, younger ones that are under me that need to be brought up and I can invest in them. So be patient with yourself and be patient with others to learn uh, the answers that you need for your life. And then you can start working on other areas. Once you've got some structure in your life, then you can go back and work on a stubborn area that just makes you crazy. And you can, you can just work on it a little at a time, a little at a time. You can start working on that child support. You can start working on getting that license back. You can start working on building a good reputation of being honest and dependable, getting your relationships back with your family, with your children. But you're not going to be able to do that right away. And you're not going to be able to think that every day, all day or you'll not be able to think about how you're gonna move forward and develop these character skills. I want you to be full of hope. I don't want you to retreat. If you stumble, if, if, you, if you relapse, I want you to get up and I want you to say, that was yesterday. This is a new day today. Uh, this is a new day and I'm gonna rejoice and be glad in it and I'm gonna move forward. And you're gonna to talk to yourself and you're gonna to learn to coach yourself. And now you're gonna start being empowered through this disciplined, emotionally mature thinking. And, and if you ever get to, uh, depressed, uh, then start talking about, okay, what's making me feel so helpless? And then if you ever get suicidal, that little part is just trying to give you a way of escape. So take that suicidal part and move it outside of you and say, oh, I see, I see I'm getting down in that deep dark well again i need to start making some movement in a different pathway that's a warning bell that's the smoke alarm that tells me i need help but that's not me that's just the way i feel right now that's just a little part of me that's trying to give me a way of escape from this suffering that i'm feeling and then start identifying what's making you feel so much suffering so the exercise today is that you work a recovery plan to empower yourself not to be a victim. And so the way to not be a victim is to identify what you're doing that makes you feel like a victim because it's all right here. And so as we do that, let's name a victim behavior and then let's exchange it for a disciplined behavior, a disciplined behavior in your thinking that you want to incorporate today. So let's go back and look at these character skills. 
look, we've got, we've got uh, flexibility, responsibility, uh, being steadfast and diligent, courageous, confident, relaxed, trusting, resting, disciplined, patient, hopeful, empowered, let's see, and, and making sure that you, you do not allow yourself to identify with those little parts, that hopeless, helpless, impatient, excuse-making, suicidal little part. Instead, you're going to identify with the stronger part you're going to take in. You're going to take charge of your life. Now, this is a simple shift in your thinking. It's not easy, but it's very simple. You have to take dominion over your thinking and you have to force the victim thinking out of your mind. So let's look at what the principle is here. The principle is you take authority over your thoughts. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive to make obedient, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So that's 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. You know, when I started recognizing, uh, becoming aware of my um, victim mentality and aware of that helpless little whiny part of myself, I started becoming aware of that and acknowledging it. Then I could start saying, hey, that's not who I am and that's not who I want to be. And I'm not going to do that anymore. But I had to refuse that. And, and a lot of times we get, you know, we get stuck in a pattern where we're always saying and doing the same things. And it's very difficult to get out of that if you think it's you. If you're identifying with that, complaining, whining, excuse making, blaming, helpless victim mentality. If that's who you think you are, if you think you're that victim, you're, you're stuck. You're in that deep, 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 dark valley. But instead, I want you to know that you're not in that valley alone. You've got some skills here that you can start learning, that you can start making some movement. You can be like, nope, I'm going to have courage. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to walk right out of here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to indulge this self-pity. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to fight for myself. Look, I'm big now. <laughs> and so as much as you would like to do it, you cannot break through somebody else's mental blockage of their helpless trap. But we can help them develop a plan. We can develop our own plan, set up our own accountability, help them set up accountability. And we can wait for others to be sick of suffering. And a lot of times I have to be sick of my suffering before I'm really ready to do some change. And, and if you've been stuck in a habit or a pattern of uh, thinking for more than two weeks, you're not likely to break this cycle without stepping out and asking for help. I want you to realize that with this Rocker Recovery Program, you're going to have the tools, the thinking tools to change your mind, to change your thinking, to set your mind on things above, to be able to make some movement and, and to break some old habits and some old thinking patterns. So stop your wine, lead the way. Show healthy emotional stability is within your grasp. And then others can look at you and say, hey, Look, if they can do this, I can do that. So as you're pursuing health and well-being, turn around and see who's following you because that's going to be the person that's going to be right with you on this path that's going to, that's going to come right out of this victim thinking and be disciplined also. Enabling others to stay comfortable in uh, dysfunctional patterns like uh, baby and somebody who's a victim 
and uh, allowing them to whine and listening to all that over and over and over again is not going to be helpful. Now, a lot of times we need to express that. We need to talk about that. But if you're, if you're talking about it day after day, year after year, you're not making any movement. You're literally just going around and around, around the same bush in the wilderness, just like the Israelites did. So I want you to start making some movement. So here it is. We're, we're to the end. You've got some skills here. You've got some things that you can do. So say the scripture with me. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my guide, my strength, and whom I trust. Psalms 18.2. Now this is the fifth week. You probably got too many monkeys up here to even know this verse yet, and I understand that. I, I wrote all 12 lessons before I was like, I think I might know this scripture now. So as you're laying down at night, and as you're like realizing that your breath is shallow and short and your sleep's going to be interrupted by uh, worries and by fears, I want you to say, the Lord's my rock. And if you can't get any more of this verse, that's enough. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my rock. And usually I can get through that about two or three times and that's it. That's all I remember and I'm sound asleep. <laughs> so here I, I, coming to the end, I want to pray with you. Dear God, save us from this deadly trap of helplessness. God, we just, we just pray that you would save us, save us from all these deadly poisons that, that poison us, this hopeless, helpless victim mentality, Lord, that you would set us free from this enemy's trap. God, that it would be permanently broken and it would be permanently and totally and completely gone, that the prison gates would be open, that we would be set free. And if you were a prisoner, you put yourself there. You put yourself behind that prison. So God, if we have put ourselves in a prison of helplessness, the key is disciplined thinking. We can open those gates with disciplined thinking. Lord, let these people know that. If they have been held captive by somebody else, as oppression and a sin over them, the way to unlock that gate is through forgiveness. And we'll be talking about that when we go to the Tormented Mind series. We'll be talking all about how to get through forgiveness so that we can unlock that gate. And we're no longer going to be prisoners and we're no longer going to be, going to be captives, but we're going to be set free in Christ. So this is The Rock of Recovery. It's been published on Amazon.com. There's 12 lessons. You can also get them right off my uh, website. The PDFs are there under the little tab that says Rocker Recovery and EnablersJourney.com. The YouTube channel is Angie G. Meadows. The podcast is just Rocker Recovery. It's on Spotify, Podbean, uh, iTunes, and Pandora. And I think we'll go to the next lesson. Uh, the next lesson is the prison camp of anxiety. And I like it even better than this one. So I will see you in a day or so. Bye-bye.